Hey y'all, it's your girl Lita, and we are starting right on into the second episode of Akasa Girl Chronicles. Um, before we get into it, I just want to say rest in eternal peace, the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. Uh, her music carried through generations, and now her spirit is among the ancestors, so I say an amen. Um, I want to start the show off by first giving thanks to all of my friends, family, and supporters that have shared my show, have listened in. Um, I also appreciate the feedback that I've received so far. And as this show grows, I hope y'all continue to grow along with me. Um, If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedbacks, topics you would love for me to discuss, please send me an email at akatagirl18 at gmail.com. That's A-K-A. T-A-G-R-L-18 at gmail.com. And also please follow our new IG, Akata Girl the Podcast. That's A-K-A-T-A Girl, fully spelled out, G-I-R-L the Podcast. And I also leave that in the notes of this episode. So again, major thank you to all have that have shown love and support. Um, and just rocking with me for real. Um, and, and I also want to remind you to please subscribe to our Anchor channel. Um, and I'm now also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Cat Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcaster, and I believe Deezer. So wherever you get your podcast fix, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date uh, for our fresh episodes. All right, so right before we get into our Black Organization of the Week, I want to set a background for this. Um, This past weekend um, in the D.C. area, there was a KK rally, um, white supremacist rally, neo-Nazis, whatever you have it. Um, And honestly, at this point, none of this is a surprise, given how this administration has emboldened these orgs to emerge from the cesspools which they come from, right? Um, But this, honestly, to me, um, it really speaks to the climate that we're currently in. And I want to be very clear and direct when I say that Trump is not the beginning of our problems in this country. I mean, yes, he is overtly racist. He is a bigot. And he is all the other horrible, oppressive titles that we can hand out uh, when we speak. But we have to also speak to the history of America, right? And more pointedly, to the history of America's treatment of Black people specifically. So this is not new, nor is it surprising. And, uh, you know, going back to election night, you know, like many, I was disheartened. I had an anxiety attack, you know, all of over the outcome of this election. But then I really had to remind myself what exactly would be different, you know, with this president coming in, you know, what would be different for me, for my people, you know, and for my community. Um, And so when I really started asking my question, asking myself that, and then also pairing that with the understanding of the history of this country, you know, if anything, this election has forced me to wake the hell up, right? You know, wake up and really smell the coffee or the roses or whatever have you for what it is when it comes to America and what has always stand for and what this political game has always stand for, you know, so just waking up and really stop waiting on a savior in politics, the theatrics that come along with it and just the general watered down rhetoric that really comes with, uh, 
with the political game and really how it doesn't mean anything for us as a whole. I'm not saying don't vote. I'm not saying don't be involved. Um, I'm not saying, you know, don't support those because I do believe in a, the, a force of a black political voice. I do believe in uh, securing uh, securing resources and access for us within uh within that sphere of politics and ensuring that policy and resources are geared to help us in a community. But as far as being invested in politics, I'm no longer invested in it as much as I used to be, right? Um, now, I'm going to say that there is a, a reason to this. And before I really get into that, uh, I want to speak on Asata Shakur, who was a radical Black Panther who was framed by the U.S. government and has since escaped prison to Cuba for her pro-Black political stances. And she spoke in her biography as to how we as Black people can secure liberation for ourselves, right? Um, how do we as Black people bring ourselves up out of this uh, cog that we have been in with America through white supremacy and through oppression, right? Um, and one of the things that she really helped, helped, helped on was primarily doing community work, going into the community, giving back to the most marginalized amongst us, and working from within. This is the type of unity that really fosters our strength. So with that being said, I want to introduce our Black Organization of the Week, which is the National Black United Front. Now, I have been working with this organization for the past few months, and it really has um, really fostered a, a new perception for me as far as what it really takes to be a voice and also be a help and a servant to our community, right? Um, this organization began in the 1970s as a way to unify other Black organizations such as UNAI, the Free African Society, and Black Panther chapters, etc. Um, and this organization has since been about rallying like minds in the community and creating space, opportunity, and resources for our people. Um, I'm highlighting this org because for me, they just are doing things differently. They have after-school programs where they're teaching young kids knowledge of self and STEM and STEM-related topics. They have Feed the Hood projects where we're going out and handing out care packages to those in the uh, in, in our neighborhoods, doing um, Adopt a Block and keeping our neighborhoods clean and safe and, and, and managing that. We also have uh, reaching out to our political prisoners and um, doing an advocacy work on their behalf. And we also have a Sankofa study where we get to delve more into our Black and Pan-African history. So these are the ways in which we help ourselves and help each other. So no more arguing with Becky Sue about why Black Lives Matter or trying to convince your Black friend, your Black high school friend why marching with nationalists is, are, is wrong. Um, no more of giving labor to that, right? Um, it's really just about putting in the work for the change that you want to see. Um, and so this Saturday, they'll be holding the Feed the Hood Project in Southeast D.C. Um, they're also running a fundraiser to help out with the after-school program. And um, we're gearing up for our D.C. chapter's fifth annual dinner. Details of all of this will be shared on my IG page, A Cocked Girl, the podcast, which I've left in the notes. But if you ever need more information about this wonderful organization, please contact me and I'll be happy to connect with you in any way. 
All right, all right, all right. So we are going right on into our next portion, which is the meat and potatoes of the episode. So this week, um, I have been sniffing out some pick-me behaviors in these social media streets, okay? Um, And so for those that don't know, we define a pick-me as, uh, a pick-me describes a woman who is, kind of contorts herself to a male-defined role of what femininity is, right? So in other words, she kind of parrots herself to these confines and then in in the same hand bashes other women who are outside of that whatever the defined role is. Um, for example, um, have you ever seen those memes or a status where a guy may share like, you know, are there any more females out here who know how to cook and clean and treat a man like a king or, you know, who can do this and take care of home and blah, 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 right? And then you go into the comments of the the status and you might see a gaggle of women or some women who are just like, oh yes, I do. I know how to cook. I know how to clean, you know, and I can pick my man's teeth and toes if he needs me to. And, you know, I'm exaggerating, but that's technically the line of thinking that they go on to. They just are so adamant about being this, fitting this ideal woman or whatever that idea um, the man has put out there, right? So we call that a pick me because she, you know, be in the conflict, pick me, pick me. I know how to do all of that, right? That's where the name comes from. So, you know, recently my girl Amara La Negra, she posted a peculiar picture of her cleaning a bathroom with the caption that stated, um, a man's home is a reflection of the woman he's with, right? And, you know, I honestly chuckled at it, didn't thinking anything of it, just like, girl, okay, whatever, you know. Um, and my real take on it is that, you know, as a woman, my job in life is not relegated to keeping the house, you know. While, yes, it is important to be clean, it's important to be tidy, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness and your home is a reflection of you or who you are yourself um, and ever and every effort uh, should be made to keep it that way, right? But it's not my purpose as a woman, you know what I mean? So I don't believe my house or his house in particular is a reflection of me or is it my God-called duty to make sure that, you know, the house is clean, right? You know, and if he's not clean himself, you know, what the hell does that have to do with me? Like, you know, what does that have to do with me, right? Um, But I really just want to expand on this topic as far as, Um, a pick me just a bit more because to me, it seems as if the term has become perverted to mean that I can't enjoy or do anything for my man, right? That's really where the path has gone down. Like, even if it's of my own free will, uh, if you do anything positive towards your partner, you know, you're a pick me now, right? You know, I enjoy cooking. I clean because I have to, you know, I have no problem reciprocating affection and acts of service with my partner. Um, but there is a particular subset uh, of people that I've come across in the, you know, womanist feminist community that has just become negative towards men in general. Now, I'm not one to, you know, do anything with misandrist or anything like that. That's whatever. But, you know, 
they really have become negative towards women who seem to just have healthy relationships with men, platonic or not. You know, women with husbands, you know, can't share their love, love bliss without it triggering somebody or it being that they're centering men or whatever the case may be. You know, and I get it. It's down with patriarchy and all the ties that come with it. But at the end of the day, people are going to live their lives. You know what I'm saying? And feminism in its original African Black woman context was about liberation, right? So what is more liberating than celebrating and appreciating and loving those that love us, you know? So while I do not agree with pick and downplaying other women in the hopes to be praised by some ashy-ass dude, um, I also... Uh, I'm always going to be here for outward praise and appreciation of sustaining black love. Um, I'm here for the foundations of the black. I'm here for those foundations and I'm here for the black family and in the many ways that those show up in the world. Uh, So yeah, that is just my take on what it means to be a pick me in this whole genre of that. Also, I want to speak briefly um, that I do believe that the urge to do things for your mate, like fix them a plate or, you know, fix them a plate first or, you know, whatever, serve the plate first, serve the food first or whatever the case may be, or cater to whatever need that your partner may have or, you know, have has defined or whatever. I think those kind of things come naturally, right? When you are in a loving, fulfilling and validating healthy partnership, uh, you want to do things for your partner. You want to make them happy. You want to, you know, uh, be that, be that servant to them, not servant. I think that's a bad word to use. Um, well, you know, love is service, right? You know, one of, one of the love languages is acts of service. So, uh, I just want people to be mindful when your partner um, starts demanding things of you as if, you know, oh, you need to clean, you need to cook, you need to do these things. And um, they're due to some kind of contorted gender role that they have or some type of sense of entitlement. Then that act is no longer genuine. You know, then you are now you are cooking and cleaning because you need to keep your man. And so in order to do so, this is what you're doing. You're not naturally doing. It's not something that you actually enjoy. You're just doing something something um because you're in fear of like letting go of the relationship right so I just want you guys to be mindful that you know I I enjoy doing genuine acts of service for someone as opposed to something that uh is defi- has been defined for me, right? Um, because that can lead to resentment in your relationship and further down the line. So, you know, just a thought on uh, that and my whole opinion on pick me and what is and what is not a pick me. So I'm going to jump right on into the my favorite part of the show where I introduce a black woman for the week that I feel does not get the shine for the work she has done, not only for our community, but just having that Akata girl spirit. Um, so my black woman crush of the week is Anna Julia Cooper. Um, Anna Julia Cooper was born in enslavement and became a prominent educator and published her first full length book called Voices from the South by a black woman from the South in 1892, in which she encouraged black women to speak up for themselves, not only uh, to seek higher education, but she spoke to this unique double jeopardy 
that Black women face that in regards to racism and sexism. So akin to W.E.B. Du Bois' double consciousness, where we are um, have our African selves and then how we pr- show up in America. But speaking to the, a, a Black woman's perspective of the double jeopardy of dealing with not only being a woman, but being a Black woman. And so how does that show up? So um, she is our Akata girl for being that trailblazer in Black liberation and defining her own path um, and just really being against white supremacy and blatant sexism. By acknowledging these intersections, she has given way to a generation of Black women to pull themselves up out the ground and take life by the horns and tell the truth from the mountaintop. Well, this wraps up episode two of Akata Girl Chronicles, and I honestly cannot say this enough. My heart is really full of gratitude for everyone who has shared, made a comment, followed my IG page, followed my Facebook page, and just showed love. Uh, Creating this platform is for y'all just as much as it is for me. So with that being said, please email me at akatagirl18 at gmail.com to submit any questions, topics, or feedback. Uh, Follow our new IG page, Akatagirl, the podcast, and like us on Facebook at Akatagirl Chronicles, the podcast. Okay, family, catch you next time. Peace and blessings. Thank you.